League meeting. What? <laughs> and it's this more cheek I'm going to have to put up with. It is. Anyway, welcome to What Makes a Difference podcast. <laughs> and we're talking about them and us. We are indeed. Mm-hmm. So, who's them and who's us? It, well, that could almost be anybody. So, in this context, what we're talking about is the military, and then thus the us, and the civilians are them. So does that mean that you are us and I am them? Used to be. Used to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all become civilians once we leave, or veterans or ex-forces kind of thing. So veterans, and that, they say there's a, there are car- car- categories. You've got the military, veterans, and then civilians as well. So veterans are like a character... Category mm-hmm. on their own. Mm-hmm. So, so you know that kind of don't inhabit both worlds, if that makes sense, of being part of one, but not part of one, which are no longer part of. They're kind of in the other in the civilian world, but they're not really part of that either. So they have it like um, a twilight zone or a limbo zone. Yeah, I think that's one of the big challenges, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When you leave the military, is is yeah. finding that place where where you have that sense of fit. And part of that is, I don't know, there is a huge amount of them and us style of stereotypes, beliefs, judgments. And I would go as far as to say that's on both sides. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, the attitude generally is bloody civvies. What do they know? Absolutely useless. Well, if I if I look at the stereotype, that would have me believe that civilians in general are incapable of making decisions, are never direct, never to the point, don't follow through in actions. Um, don't turn up on time. Don't turn up on time. Always, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the stereotypes of the military would then be, we're robotic, we're stupid, we can't think for ourselves. You've got to be very, very specific and give you orders and nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. We're very rigid in our thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're always on time. Mm-hmm. And highly disciplined. And inflexible. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, is anger issues, suffering post, everyone's got post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. as well. Everybody's traumatized. Everybody's yeah. aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's those cultural shifts that need to kind of rebalance all those attitudes towards each group. Well, I think what happens then is we take these words and we, as you say, we apply them to the whole group. And what that then does is it colors how we respond to that group. Because we don't stop and get to know the person. No. We just apply the beliefs that we have of that group and respond as if those beliefs were true for that individual. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes back to then is language, isn't it? So with groups and organisations and things, we generalise, we distort and we delete. Mm-hmm. So we generalise, all oh, this group is that, and they all do this, and all that group does that, and they, they're all like that. So we did, we delete good aspects, we delete that individuality within those groups. And then we also distort, so somebody may have um, 
does something a bit untoward somebody else. But then that thing then gets bent out of shape. It gets even bigger than what it actually was. So for argument's sake, somebody got pushed by somebody who's in uniform. Yeah. That then gets blown out of all proportion because it distorted it in our minds and through doing things like Chinese whispers. That then became 20-year-old people kicking the living daylights out of some individual. Or we take that experience of one and we apply it to many. Yeah. One person pushed me, therefore they all would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's where the witchcraft trial started. Oh, you could say it's still ongoing in a different context. You could argue that, yeah. It's just... Nobody's getting burned at the stake or thrown in duck ponds. Well, I think we we are metaphorically still burning people at the stake and throwing them in duck ponds mm. without stopping to actually get to know the individual. And there are so many labels and so many boxes for people that we forget that actually what we have in every single person as an individual. Yeah. So I think what we're looking at within this really is going from military into civilian workplace. Because some people do carry over that, and it is quite hard to break down at times for that, that them and us. Mm-hmm. And how do we break that down and how do we then become more civilianized rather than have those softer aspects as it were rather than like a military kind of aspect well is that not another set of labels rich it is yeah is it is it something because i'm kind of torn on this one because i think there is a shift in thinking that's needed there is yeah but i think it's on both sides Mm -hmm. and a huge part of that is about stopping to get to know the person as an individual. Yeah, but if we can't label something, we don't know what it is. No. So labels are useful, but labels aren't the build and end all of something or well, a we, person or a personality. Well, we don't know what it is. Assuming that what we're trying to find out is what label do we apply to you. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if we don't apply any label? We just get to know what that thing is, what that person is. And that's enough. It doesn't need a label. But as a human being, we have to apply labels to things. Otherwise, we wouldn't know what it is. Do we? Yeah. Do we have to apply labels? Yeah. Certain things, yeah. Uh, it, it, it eases life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would hope that people all know what a spoon is. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can't go around calling everybody Bob. You got to apply so names are label. You can't call everybody Bob, male or female, because you get get very confused very quickly. What, yeah. Where I'm coming from is those labels come with a judgment, rightly or wrongly. Uh, so people go, "Oh, what's your background?" Or if you go on a date, it's, "Oh, what's your job?" What do you do? So people want to know, they get an approximation of who you are. So is that the the difference between a label and a name for something? Because that sounds to me like they're two different things. I think that's a bit of both. 
So you could argue that Karen is a name, but Karen has, a, when you use it in a different context, has become a label. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's because of TikTok, Instagram, memes, comedians, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue that that names can become labels, but they actually operate in a slightly different way. So I can wear my name of Ali or Alison without there necessarily being any personality traits, any behaviours, any any elements of those that are attached to that that name. But a label has those. So it's that kind of, it's the attachment of attributes to a word that starts to limit our understanding Starts to and starts to shape how we interact with that person because it's based on assumption. Mm-hmm. It's based on a lack of curiosity. It's based on preconceived ideas. Yes, that's all that other person's beliefs, isn't yeah. it? Uh huh. Which then shape how they interact with you or you interact with them, mm-hmm. which means that because it's shaping that, then you're automatically almost starting to get a different response because of the expectations and assumptions you are building into how you communicate. Yep. Or how they're communicating towards you because of exactly. the way you've communicated them in the first place. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that then leads people in potentially leads people into contempt. Very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if we do want to learn how to go from contempt to curiosity, even, you can always drop us an email, which are in the show notes below, or if you're watching this on the screens. Yeah. Because it's about time those labels didn't operate in that way because they are so limiting. Yeah. They're limiting for both sides of that equation, both sides of that interaction. And it means that opportunities are missed. And assumptions are made that aren't true. Mm-hmm. Not all civ- not all civilian is late, disorganized, chaotic, and Undisciplined? No, far from it. Because otherwise they wouldn't have got to be, in lot of cases, say the CEO of an organisation. They would have gone on to do, um, go up, say, Mount Everest or something like that. They've had to use planning, had to use discipline to be able to go training, be able to acclimatise for that. And maybe a lot of that is about a language barrier. Mm-hmm. Because in any community you form, there's a language that's com- that's specific to that community. And sometimes the biggest challenge is learning that language so you so that you learn how to communicate with that. The military has a classic language all of its own. There is, yeah. There's a lot of acronyms, TLAs. And there's a lot of there's a lot of, of abbreviations of 
terminology that is very specific to that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, TLAs are three-letter acronyms, by the way. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the listeners might not. <laughs> but there's very specific reference points within the military vocabulary. Yeah. The way you talk about things, then mm-hmm. what, what that actually means. But then that's as well, that will go into, say, if you go into engineering. And even with engineering, that's a vast field. So there's huge amount of general specific terms within that. They go, what are you talking about? Not really sure what you're talking about here. Well, that's it. It's like I worked in biscuit manufacturing. The way I can talk about biscuits is something that probably leave most people that haven't worked in the environment looking really baffled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also worked in oil and gas. And when I worked there, I spent the first three months totally and utterly confused about the, what, what, what are we talking about in this meeting? Because yeah. some of the terminology, you're thinking that's not the reference point for that I have. Um, yeah, you probably don't want to be given a random brown in oil and gas compared to um, the biscuit industry. No, but you'll nipple up regularly in oil and gas, and we mm-hmm. talk about pooing too. Yeah. Uh-huh. But both are perfectly acceptable acronyms. So <laughs> you take them out of context, they don't fit, and people will look really, really confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and- if you would like to take that ambiguity and confusion out of your language, we can aid you in, with doing that. Yeah, we can we can help whether you are military or civilian, we can help you get to that point where your default mm-hmm. setting is to be curious. Yeah. And we can work with your company and organization to help that crosstalk and aid better communication from the most senior management all the way down to the newest person you have on the shop floor, as it were. Because as long as those labels and assumptions are there, what that constitutes for me is massive missed opportunities for both the individual and the business. Mm-hmm. That clarity information, that passage of information across all would enable a smoother transition, be able to get a clear understanding of what your mission is and how you want to operate in the future and what the gripes and groans from the bottom are to the top and vice versa as well. Because there are positives on both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, contact details in the show notes. Absolutely. And if you want to know more about what we're talking about, reach out, drop us a line, and Rich and I will be happy to have a conversation with you. Definitely.